Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Ronke here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, one of the themes that you've been giving us the last couple episodes um, has been getting out and, and getting involved um, as far as your local parish and with everything else. So I have, uh, I have an example of an attempt to do that. Um, I have um, something that went on in my life that probably is an amoral thing, but I always like to know what the right thing you should have done was in, in that type of situation. And, um, and a couple of other topics that will probably have to be in other casts. So what I figured we'd start with is, did Joe do the right thing or not? Or what is the right thing? So for those of our listeners who live in the north or places where there's lots of snow, um, I'm sure you guys have, have seen this situation before where I'm the kind of person who feels that the snow needs to be shoveled the first thing in the morning. And that's like one of the things I take a lot of pride in. That thing is shoveled and cleared, and it's going to be good. You know, someone's walking around with their dog. They're walking down a clean sidewalk. That's that's my thing. So the way that our house and our whole street is really is that people park on the street. And um, my, the way that my sidewalk is is I have two spots that go from the sidewalk out to the street. So you don't have to walk through snow. On this particular day, Teresa wasn't comfortable driving her car into work so her car's sitting at one i drive her into work blah 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 um come back no other cars on the street except for Teresa's car which again is in front of my spot that i shoveled out and then there's a car at my spot now this is like two o'clock in the afternoon so it's been a while um but one thing that's definitely true is mine's the only house on the street that is shoveled out sidewalks. The actual street park where you park, you can do that anywhere. The, the, Mrs. Powder is really good at that. So I come home and, and this car is parked directly in front of my house and did not go to my house because it's my house. There was no one there. <laughs> so that being said, you know, how, how do you deal with that? Obviously, I, I, I feel that, you know, I'm really upset at the moment. I, I'm doing all this work to make it clean and Here's the other thing. Both of my neighbors have double lots. So you walked pretty far out of your way um, through just extra walking just because you wanted to, to park there. So in my mind, it's fairly obvious you took my parking spot because I'm the only one who cleaned it. Despite the fact that at the end of my property lines, there's now three inches of snow. So add all that up. What should have been done? Because... Huh? Uh, because, I, I, you know, I, I have this feeling like you did the work, you, you, you're entitled to the work you do. I mean, that, that's, that's a core feeling of mine. So that's the scenario. I'll give you extra details if you need them. But that's what happened. Um, and here I am with now what thoughts. And um, you can tell me what I should have done, and I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a... Uh... You don't have any right to that parking space, I guess. I mean, in some places, those parking spaces would be marked somehow, and you would actually have a right. Somebody would be breaking the law. I mean, that would be uh, part of the agreement for particular parking spaces. So uh, you don't have the law on your side, I guess, if yeah, the, getting that right. That is true. The only one that we technically have the law to is the one in front of the driveway, which is where Teresa's car was. Um, uh-huh. So, yes. From a legal standpoint, that is correct. 
So just in terms of, uh, of justice, in terms of positive law, the, the law doesn't affirm that you have whatever, that that person couldn't do that. So, I mean, obviously your frustration that comes from hurt, this person could figure out easily enough that you did this work and they apparently, shamelessly, just took advantage of it and you feel used and disrespected. So that's, I think that's pretty, pretty natural human response and human experience and uh, it's, yeah, very understandable. So how do you transcend that experience? Well, one thing to be careful about, I, I already just made a judgment. So I said, this person was probably aware that you did this work and didn't care and disrespected you. Now, I don't actually know the interior of that person. So what I'm doing is forming a judgment, an immoral judgment. I don't actually know that. There is an accurate judgment. The objective facts are they parked in that place. But why they did that and what they thought about you and what they thought about in general, I have no idea. And maybe we could even spin out a scenario that uh, they had just brought home their 97-year-old grandmother and in that particular setting, maybe they should have thought ahead and shoveled out the snow but didn't think about it and then finally got there and then in that, you know, moment thought, oh, gosh, you know, I'll just park here because this will be easier. Anyway, sure, we no, can no. always come up with, uh, with, with more, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt kinds of explanations, and, and that's a helpful thing to do. So I just wanted to draw out that, uh, that point of the difference between recognizing an action, they parked in your space, and judging a person, which is saying they did it for this reason, and then, especially if I apply a malicious reason rather than a good reason in my imagination, uh, I'm starting to move into dangerous territory. Sure. No, and that's fair. So that actually was, was one of the thoughts I had. So, you know, I, I get out. I have not cleared off Teresa's car yet. So Teresa's parked on the edge by the driveway. And in the snow over there, there's three sets of footprints. There's a dog. The guy with the dog who walks you know, down the street every day. I know him. He's a good guy. Um, and then there's one other set of footprints, which didn't have wheelchair lines or crutches lines, having normal steps. You know, As far as I could tell, um, everything was normal. So I make the assumption because of that that it's normal steps – um, there's no crutch lines, there's no wheelchairs. And then here's the other thing. I've never seen this car before ever. Haven't seen it since. So I'm starting to put some thoughts together. It was a snow day for the local high school. I'm starting to really think that this is just some high school kid who got his mom's car and just came over for a party somewhere. Um, that's the thought process going through my head. So... That was me going through that same evaluation that you just kind of went through. Maybe I didn't come from a starting as a holy-ish as spot. Um, but I did try to fact together some more facts and gave myself a moment to try to relax while I got the snow off of Teresa's car. Because um, obviously my car was clean. I'd been driving around all day for work. But 
But side stories. Was the person carrying a baby or someone paralyzed from the legs down? Never saw it. Ne- ne- never saw the person. Never saw – like I said, I never saw the car before. Um, you Just know. indicating that wheelchair lines and crutches are not the only indication that there was – That's fair. Some- reason to park there but my fallback is if you were doing groceries or if you were taking something that was a quick moving thing you would want to go as close to your final destination as possible you know if you were going to one of the houses down the street opposed to walking past his second double lot um you would park in front of his house because again whole street two cars this car Teresa's car um you would have parked there so your baby didn't have to be as cold as long or, you know, if you're doing groceries, so you didn't have to run out as much, you know, there's a lot of just, I, I tried to go through these facts and scenarios cause I, I didn't want to do something if there was a just cause. Like if I would have gone over and saw there was a wheelchair line or something. Yeah. Cause you come out there, it's easier to push the wheelchair through opposed to the three inches of snow um, or whatever. I get that. Even crutches. You gotta keep your cast dry. My sister had broken legs. Like, her entire adolescence. I get that. Um, but I, I was kind of going through it, and there was no real justifiable cause. That you could think of. That, yes. I, I do have to limit my mind as the, the limiting force on that. Absolutely. I have to acknowledge that. So the point is, and it's, it's fun to go back and forth with you about this a little bit to, to push on some of these points, that uh, sometimes we can come up with something. Sometimes we can't. But the fact is we don't know the whole story. And so any conclusion that we come to, even if we saw things, I I remember I had a spiritual director. He said, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. (laughs) You know, and there's something that's so true about that. We can so easily jump to conclusions. But let me offer a couple other. So I already offered the principle of let's not imagine the worst case scenario. Let's try to imagine the best case scenario even if we can't come up with the best-case scenario, let's imagine there's a best-case scenario we can't think of. But then to look to the inside of ourselves in these kinds of situations, uh, I love what you said. You went to go shovel off Teresa's car to let yourself calm down. So you didn't allow yourself to react in that moment of, of anger. And again, the anger is covering up the hurt. You felt disrespected. You felt attacked in a certain way. You felt like someone stole something from you. You know, you felt yeah. violated. And we tend to use anger to protect ourselves. Anger makes us powerful. And so that anger wells up very quickly within us when we feel violated, disrespected, when we feel hurt in some way. So letting that settle down, getting a little bit of perspective is, is key. And so the another simple principle is we should never let someone else take our peace from us. So as much as we can hold on to our peace, and we really can in those moments our, uh, control that, our thoughts really make a difference in whether we can keep our peace. If we see that, our first reaction is someone stole that, we can then start to think in a way that we say we go, we start to make worse and worse assumptions to get ourselves more and more fired up. Mm-hmm. Or we can move in a direction where we say, okay, I don't know what's going on there. Um, Let me take a couple deep breaths and relax and assume the best. And is there something that I need to do? Is there some way that I need to address this situation? And then we can start to pray a little bit more clearly and 
not to say that we should just suffer every kind of uh, disrespect or disregard. There are times to say something, to do something, but we need to do that from a, from a peaceful place. Yeah, so that was kind of the thought process I had. I didn't want this to become a thing. You know, um, again, for one reason or another, uh, Monday morning comes around, no snow cars on my street because everyone goes to work and does their thing. Um, a couple of us work from home on the streets, so there's odd times people parking. But nonetheless, um, I didn't want it to become a thing one way or another. So I, I wanted to figure out, you know, how can I – because, again, in my mind – I, the only logical reason, based upon the facts I'd observed, was they parked there because they didn't want to take their first step out of the car in snow. So that was, to me, the motivation of why they did it. I mean, that's why I shovel the snow for myself because that's what I want, you know. It's why you would do that in the first place, um, you know, to keep, keep track of uh, your house. I think there's a certain responsibility everyone has of basic upkeeping of your, your space and your house. It's probably why I do what I do, but um, that's a that's a side story. So I don't want it to keep being a thing, and I'm just basically thinking there. Now, granted, I do got to say I did not stop and, and and fully stop. I just kind of was keep moving the whole time. I was like, how do I set a message that this isn't okay without actually hurting anything? You know, it wasn't like I was going like, to punch in her windows or slash her tires or anything like that. Um, you know, I wasn't doing anything like that, but I was like, you know, what, what, what can I do that would send a message that lets them know that they were in the wrong and anyone else who would know by that this is not acceptable with activity. Um, so again, it's not like I, I broke her windows or went and got spray paint or, or anything crazy like that. Um, but that was the thoughts. And then it was, what, what is the appropriate mode? Is there an appropriate mode to to do that because i feel like there has to be some right way to say hey that's not cool without ever seeing this person and again really i could have followed their footprints all the way to which house they went to but i had to get to my next appointment it was kind of like one of these touch and go types things get a sandwich and move but um but regardless you know what was the uh what, what should have i done let, let, let's get to to that what, what, what should have been the uh the right decision well what would jesus do Jesus could teleport. He didn't really need a car. Um, at least after the transfiguration, or not transfiguration, after he was risen, um, he can he can do that. So, um, but what what would Jesus do? Um, I don't know that answer. That's why I was trying to figure out. Because on the one hand, you know, you know, do what's right, do what's peaceful. But on the other hand, you don't sit around and let everyone, you know, walk all over you. You know, you you, you do you do got to present yourself in a way that you don't let everything get run over um kind of articulating that more through than just what was in the bible though um kind of thinking of some things that pope Pius said like you have the responsibility to stop errors and not let things ruin um you know don't let other countries invade you and slaughter your people that was his message um so pope Pius was the pope during world war ii um, that's the one I'm referencing. So that's kind of, as, as you mentioned in one of our previous casts, that the Pope can't do teaching without guiding from the Spirit. That's how strong that grace is. So kind of that thought process is in the head there. 
So I don't know. I, I, I don't know what Jesus would have did in that situation. It's part of why I brought it up in the cast today. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel this is, uh, is something that isn't discussed very often, but it's probably probably worth discussing because this is the type of thing that happens up a lot in life without a whole, you know, it happens a lot in life. So let's figure it out. Well, let me ask you another question. Why did you only shovel two spots? No, I shovel the entire length of my car, uh, of my property. I only have the way that our, our um, we have a sidewalk and then there's like a foot or so patch of grass between the sidewalk and the street. And there are two spots. One is the driveway and then one is um, just like a concrete pad to disrupt the, um, the grass. Every, that's just how the neighborhood was built way back in the day. So it wasn't that I only shoveled these two spots. Um, my entire sidewalk was cleared, and then the street was all cleared from the uh, municipality with their snow trucks. So I shoveled everything that is basically on my land. Maybe you could shovel an extra spot the next time. Well, the guy next to me has a snowplow, <laughs> you know, and he actually he 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 likes walking around a lot with his dogs. He will take his snowplow with his dog. And just go everywhere. I don't have a snowplow. I have a shovel, and it's 5 o'clock in the morning. i got to get to work. Um, I do my land, and that's it. But again, he's got a double lot, so he's got a little bit of extra heavier lifting, a lot more to do than, than I do. Um, so that was so. I, I guess that that was, you know, you can't shovel the, the, the grass, really. You know, I'd be ripping out, out the grass. It'd be a different problem. No, I'm, I'm being provocative. No, that's fine. So basically... <laughs> You did a selfish thing, shoveling for yourself, and then it got turned into an act of charity, and you're upset that you accidentally did an act of charity. Oh, the charity's for my wife, um, not for someone I don't know. I don't know if that's still technically charity at that point. Is it? That, that's, a good, that's a real question. Is that still charity if I'm doing it for, for the intent being it for Teresa? Well, that's what I'm saying. You could have done it for the random stranger. How do you know that it wasn't Jesus's car and that you hadn't accidentally shoveled the sidewalk for him? I don't know that, but I do know that I do do it for everyone who's walking their dogs around and the rest of the neighborhood who does do that. Um, so I, that is fair. I don't know if it was Jesus's car, um, but I do know that if there were an infirmity, you wouldn't put extra burden upon yourself. You know, if, you know, because inherently that was a choice that they made. They had to walk extra distance regardless of where, which direction they went, despite the fact I know what direction they went. Um, they walked an extra lot because my neighbor has an extra lot over there to get to wherever they wanted to go. So that was the yeah, – I understand the, the decision that they made. At least I think I understand the decision that they made. Maybe it was Bishop Zubik's car. Pretty sure Bishop Zubik has multiple people. Um, I don't know if he's allowed to drive himself. I always heard that the bishops had to have drivers. You're not getting the point. No, the I point get the is, point. <laughs> you're doing an act of charity for someone who is more important than yourself. Fair. Um, and and part of what you're pushing back on is you did this for yourself or you did this for your wife. You didn't do it for this person. But maybe if you knew who the person was, you would have done it for the person. And maybe if you realize that the person is always Jesus. You were—I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. 
then maybe you inadvertently did an act of charity for Jesus. So again, I'm just trying to recast. You know, there's we we can interact at a level of justice, and in strict justice, you don't actually have a leg to stand on because it's not your parking space. Um, but in a kind of presumed culturally acceptable justice that you did something for yourself or for your wife and then somebody else took advantage of it, um, well, you know, can you make that uh, an act of charity? Can you transform that in your heart to say, well, I'm glad that somebody benefited from my work. I made a sacrifice and my, maybe, you know, your your motives weren't the most um, altruistic and yet they became more altruistic by accepting, you know, what what eventually took place. So, again, these are just ways that we stretch beyond normal kind of human mores and uh, just, yeah, in, into something that's that's uh, that's more generous. So, yeah, I guess. Well, but I guess also in my regards, I kind of already do that because. I could just do just one little straight path to Teresa's car and one little path to my car and not do the rest of it, um, you know, for everyone who's walking by. Um, you know, I, I could do that, but so, but I know I, I clean all of it, which is, which is mine essentially. Great. Yeah. And so, you're doing just a little bit more than you realized. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I get that. No, no. I mean, when I come out, she takes a left-hand turn to get to her car, but I always do to the right as well. So, um, in that regards, I, I do. Um, so anyway, that, that's, that's a, I, I guess I, I kind of am trying to do some of the, it's not that I'm just doing this selfishly just for Teresa, cause I am clearing it all. Cause we do have quite a bit of people who walk their dogs, especially after we'll warm up a little bit. Uh, they won't do it first thing in the morning, whenever it's six degree windshield, but, um, you know, late afternoon and stuff, you'll see all kind of dog walking and mainly people going to pick up their kids, um, We'll walk by it. But anyway, that's 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 just the thing. Well, and just to back up a little bit, and I'm not trying to uh, attack you or make you defensive or, or anything like that. And when you say, what should I do or what should I have done? I mean, you know, what is a strict moral obligation? Um, what's the, the absolute necessity? What's the bare minimum? What's, you know, anyway, those are, uh, you're, you're doing, you know, you're doing great. And, and the way that you handle the situation is... Uh, is very reasonable. But what I love about this discussion is, and what I love about the fact that you brought it up, is that you're you're asking yourself the question, how do I make Jesus the center of my life? How do I make my Catholic faith not just something I do on Sundays? How do I allow it to affect every activity in my life? And that's why I'm also kind of pushing on, well, you know, what would Mother Teresa do? You know, what does a saint do in that situation? Uh, it, can you imagine... Well, Mother, Mother Teresa, for example, was carrying a, uh, a baby into a place in, I forget where she was, in, maybe she was in India or Italy or something like that, and she came in and, and the, the person, for whatever reason, was angry and spat at her in the face. And without reacting, she simply said, well, that was a gift for me, but now can I have something for the baby? You know? That's that's sanctity. Mm-hmm. That's holiness. You know, that's what we're striving for. So that's why, since you're bringing up the situation, I'm trying to explore 
Yeah, what's the what's the saint's response to something that looks like injustice, something that looks like disrespect, something that looks like, you know, you could justify retaliation or you could justify um, some other way of uh, maybe more subtly of fighting back or protecting yourself? Is there a way to invert it completely and make it look like something that doesn't belong to this world, but something that belongs to the kingdom of heaven? So that's kind of the, the direction, you know, that's where my thoughts go when you ask questions like that. And I think is the kind of reason that you brought it up. And again, I want to really affirm that. I think that's a great question to ask if we're trying to live a radical Christianity, not just meet the bare minimum of what the Christian faith requires, but how do I live a radical Christianity so that my life looks really different than the way that the world thinks, that my life really looks like the charity that Jesus exemplifies for us on the cross. Well, that was kind of what, I mean, my life did kind of radically change just a couple months ago, you know, as a result of, uh, of the sacrament. And that's kind of where, you know, it, it, it's a different mindset now. I'm not just defending myself or my own stuff anymore. Uh, I mean, Literally, if this would have happened last year, I would have just pulled to the other spot and then it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, you know, no big deal. Um, or, you know, but I, I think that, that that kind of made it true. You know, this isn't just me taking care of myself anymore. It's not just my stuff. It's, it's you know, it's ours now. So, um, you know, kind of trying to figure out how how to send a message that's not okay without breaking anything was kind of where my thought was at because, you know, literally if that sums up a lot of stuff, she, she wasn't comfortable driving in to work that morning. So, so I did it for her. So her car there is kind of a sign that she needs me to take care of her or else, um, you know, so I, I guess that was kind of where it was coming from. You know, how does, how to, deliver a message in that regard where it's okay, but, uh, or it's, it's not going to be escalating anything, not going to cause anything worse, but still send a message that this is not okay. Um, type situation. So that's where I was coming from. I, I understand what, 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 what you're saying about, about the sanctity. And I guess in a lot of ways, you're just showing how far away my mind really is from where it should be. But, um, that's where I was coming from is, you know, I still haven't even gotten this whole, marriage thing figured out and talking to people who are way older than me that apparently I never will. Uh, but that's a side story. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot, all that kind of stuff that's going through my head at the same time to, to figure out, you know, what is the right thing to do? Well, you know, what is the direction that ought to be done? Um, you know, and it wasn't coming from a spot of, Oh, you made me mad. Now I got to make you super mad. Cause that probably would have been down the road of destruction. Um, I, I at least knew that was wrong, <laughs> you know. So, so what did you do? Well, what I ended up doing was I went to the shovel. I took all that snow I shoveled off my driveway in the first place, and essentially I put it all on her windshield and her sunroof. And pretty much everyone who walked by, because I came back, um, you know, at the end of the day, like five o'clock and now like a thousand people would walk down the sidewalk because it warmed up. Like message was delivered. The car wasn't there anymore, but they did exactly what they should have done. They just pushed all that snow right back onto my sidewalk and I had to shovel it up again. But at least for that whole walk they had back to their car, 
they saw this big pile of snow on their car that, hey, I did something wrong. I didn't hurt their car, and it's not like I scratched up or anything. Um, just a whole big clump of white snow because they didn't want to do the work of dealing with snow, and that's why they chose to park there. So I let them know that, you know, now you have to deal with the snow. I felt like it made sense. I had about four minutes. Uh, like I said, I was just stopping going to get a sandwich and going. So it wasn't like I had a whole time to create this elaborate plan. I just grabbed the shovel and went at it. So, again, don't know if that's uh, justified, if that's wrong. I don't even know if that's a sin or not. Um, part of me feels like that's the right thing that should have done from all the logic I was coming from. So, Because um, part of me doesn't feel like I did anything wrong. It was a reaction to keep it from happening again. So tell me how that wrong, <laughs> if that's wrong or not. I have a hard time imagining Jesus doing that. That's probably fair. <laughs> but is it a sin though? I guess that that's the other question. I mean, I don't know. Well, they didn't – so you actually did something to them. They didn't necessarily intentionally do something to you. I mean, again, imagine the best-case scenario. They just, like, weren't even thinking about it. Thought, oh, that place is shoveled and mm -hmm. pulled into it. And maybe didn't plan on being there very long and figured that you wouldn't come back and they're just running in, doing something, coming back. Uh, you really intentionally sent a message, and and then it's not clear even what that message was. They had no idea that it's the person that shoveled the sidewalk who dumped a bunch of snow on their car. They may have thought it was some other hoodlum, or even somebody else who wanted to send some kind of weird message. And you may have really provoked them into uh, God only knows what kind of sinful behavior. So. Uh, Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I think it was pretty clear that it was my car that did, that I was the one that did it, though. Um, you know, I was the only one who shoveled the the whole snow of anywhere else around it. Um, even when I came back at five, there was footprints through everyone else's snow, but uh, but mine was still the only one that was cleared, <laughs> um, covered in salt, um, actually. But that's a that's just so it's easier next time when I have to shovel it. Um, so. I don't know. I, that, that's where I came from and where I thought that uh, at the time the right thing it was because, again, you're right. I have no idea how much longer that car was there or anything like that. Um, I do know that the car must have just parked very recently before I'd gotten there because anything that slightly fell down on the hood instantly melted, which meant their car had just been running. Um, so, like, they got there moments before I arrived. <laughs> so, those are all little observational facts that I made, but on the other hand, I, I, I don't, I feel like the reasons I had made sense and were justified, you know, it's, it's not just me anymore that I got to defend here. And, you know, what am I supposed to do whenever it's, you know, this is to me started as a little benign thing that happens down the road of life. Kind of why I wanted to, uh, to use it as example. Cause to me, it seemed very, you know, neutral-ish opposed to other things that can happen in situations of life that because life happens 
probably surely will inevitably happen to either Teresa or myself or, or somewhere down the road. And that's basically where I was trying to figure out was where is the starting point of, of what is right to, to try to make sure that something doesn't happen again. Um, you know, it wasn't like I, I knew I wasn't going into the, the deep mortal sin range. Um, I, I don't even know if I, like I said, if it's probably not exactly what Jesus would have did, but I don't know what you do to, to do that. Cause I don't ever want us as a family to be the people everyone's getting walked all over and taken advantage in that regards. So again, that's how I look at it. You do your work. You should be able to defend your work and have a right to it as the core starting point, full circle. <laughs> so I, that's where I come from. You know, I, I like to think that someone, if Jesus built a chair, he'd chase the guy down to get it back, you know, but I have no idea. Um, you know, he, he and his dad were running a business to be able to feed their mom. So if he takes your tunic, give him your cloak as well. If he forces you into labor for one mile, go for two. If he slaps you on the right cheek, on the left cheek, turn your right. It's uh, not a gospel of take back your own stuff when it gets stolen. And it's not the example of the saints. I mean, St. Francis had essentially nothing. Somebody came in and claimed the little building they were using as a chapel. His brothers were up in arms, and he said, the chapel doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. So they left. Hmm. Um, I don't think that heroic charity necessarily uh, implies, yeah, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I think there's a there there are some challenges there to incorporate. Again, these are these are things that are. Uh, you know, go beyond strict justice, the difference between justice and holiness, um, the difference between what is strictly necessary and, and what is possible as a, as a witness of charity. Yeah, there's, uh, there are multiple steps there. Okay, we're, we're going to continue this conversation here into our next cast. We went a little bit long here on this one. Um, so, again, I thank everyone for listening to the cast here today. Um, please continue to follow us on Father and Joe, or at Father and Joe on Twitter. Please continue to subscribe to us and give us the reviews you have on iTunes and everywhere else you guys are downloading your cast. And we thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next week.